Alright, wall fans, welcome to another very exciting edition of Go Tell to the Wall podcast. I am your host, the one and only Sean O'Rourke. Thanks for joining us here for episode 17. That's right, episode 17. So let's kick, let's get right into things. Just right into things. Not a lot of show prep today. Who knows where this show's going? I, I don't know. I'm so exhausted. And it's, it's we're, we're, Look, we're already off the rails. Tangent in the first 30 seconds. It happens. All right. As always, social plugs. You are listening to Go Tell It to the Wall podcast. To stay connected with us outside of your favorite podcast apps, iTunes, Google Play, and all that glorious junk, uh, you can also find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash go tell to the wall, or on Twitter at tell the wall pod. That's right, at tell the wall pod, or just search go tell it to the wall. Uh, you can also follow my personal. Twitter account if you're bored and you know need a bunch of useless information throughout your day, uh, and that would be at Magic Muppet or just search my name Sean O'Rourke. That's enough for the social plugs. All right, on with episode 17. I do want to say one thing, very important thing at the top of this episode is Happy Mother's Day uh, to all the mothers out there, to my mother, to my grandmother, my godmother, and of course to my uh, beautiful and fantastic wife, uh, who is this is her first. Mother's Day, kind of her second Mother's Day. She was pregnant uh, for for last year's Mother's Day, but this is her first Mother's Day with the kid actually outside. <laughs> uh, so Zofia is going to be celebrating uh, her first Mother's Day with with my wife. So I got that to look forward to. But I do want to get into one thing. I know this is a bit of a rant, but I'm I'm leaving it the opening because it is Mother's Day. It's not Mother's Day today, uh, but it's going to be Mother's Day on Sunday, just a couple days from now. So you might even be listening to this after Mother's Day. That's the beauty of podcasting. You don't have to listen to it like you do the radio or television. Actually, you don't really have to do that stuff either anymore. That's the world we live in. All right. You just watch whenever you want. So I'm in Target the other day. Quick story. Uh, and this harkens back to a few episodes ago when I was talking about women's rights and everything else and, and why it's important. So I'm in Target. I'm with Zoe. I've got her in the stroller. And we're looking at Mother's Day cards. Standing there looking through all the Mother's Day cards. And now I found one pretty easily for uh, from, from myself to my wife, you know, Mother's Day from, from husband. Uh, I also found one for my mother, of course, threw that in the mail today. Uh, so, she, so she'll be getting it hopefully by Mother's Day. Uh, that's what happens when you have a, a young child at home. Things don't happen like right away like they should. They don't happen scheduled like they necessarily should. Uh, but, you know, things happen. So that card's going to get there. Look at another tangent. Anyway, so I'm standing in Target. This woman who, I, I don't know if she worked there or she just worked for like one of the greeting card companies. She's like sorting cards. She's got like a funky little vest on. Uh, and she, she turns over to me and she's like, oh, oh, well, we used to have, and there, there's so many things wrong with this. So, so just bear with me. Oh, I, I swear last year we had Mother's Day cards for fathers. And I was like, I kind of looked at her weird. Mother's, what do you mean Mother's Day cards for fathers? Oh, you know, for, for fathers to celebrate Mother's Day. And I was like, oh, so you mean like Father's Day? She goes, yeah, but you know, for like, for, for fathers that, you know, that, that are like, you know, need a Mother's Day card. And I was like, but fathers have Father's Day. She goes, yeah, but you know, fathers like you that are taking care of the child. And I already knew where this was going. And there's a woman standing next to me and she, she's kind of hearing it too. And I'm just like, why do I need a Mother's Day card? I didn't push the kid out. And I said that to her. I said, I didn't push the kid out. And she's still like, well, you know, for, for, for fathers like you that, that take care of, you know. And essentially, she's, she's a roundabout way of saying uh, men like you who are mothers. This is what she's saying to me. And I'm going, okay, so, so I am a mother because I am out in the middle of the day uh, with my child. You know, I, I've discussed this before on the podcast. Fortunately, uh, 
for the both of us, my wife and I, I, I don't really work during the day. I, you know, I'm doing show prep. I'm, I'm working on stuff here. I book most of my events like at night. I'm record, I record this in the evening, uh, you know, pretty much every time. That's just the only time I can do it. Uh, so I'm out during the day with my daughter, Zoe. I, I'm taking care of her. My wife, fortunately and unfortunately, has to go to a job where she's in an office pretty much all day. She has to sit in meetings all day, you know, and, and fortunately for both of us, I don't have to do that. So I'm able to take care of her. But essentially this woman is in target trying to explain to me, not only explain to me how I need to get a mother's day card, which is just beyond me, how, how anyone could think that, you know, and it's not because I'm insecure in my, my, my gender. No, no, I understand. I understand what you're getting at. Basically this lady in target is trying to say, you're doing a woman's job. That's what she's saying because I'm taking care of my child. It's not being a father. I'm doing a woman's job. I'm doing a mom's job because I'm taking care of my child. And this made no sense to me. No sense. And there was a little bit of back and forth for a little while. And honestly, it was sitting with me for like an entire day because I'm like, this is this is the kind of closed-mindedness that, that causes problems in this country and in this world. Why? Why? Why is that a woman's job? Why? You know? There are plenty of, of same-sex couples out there male same sex couples out there there isn't a mother there so is that you know so do both of them have to get a mother's day card no no it's still father's day they're the fathers that's how that works you know and after a while i'm looking through cards and i'm tr i'm trying to find a card you know from my my now today as of today that i'm recording this 6 month old daughter uh to my wife for her first mother's day and there's nothing, you know, it's all like, it's all this like, oh, mom, you're, and it's like a long poem and stuff. And it's like, okay, obviously my wife knows that Zoe is not picking out this card, but I'm trying to find one that seems like it's from a six month year old, you know, like something simpler. Let's just keep it kind of simple. Uh, and, and it was funny cause after a while, like I found a card and I was like, okay, I'm done. And it was, she comes over to me and she's like, you know, you're right. We don't need Like, yeah, yeah, woman. Like, I don't even, I was going to, I was going to use a different word there because this is how upset it made me that this, this is what's wrong with, with equality in this country and in this world. It's, it's despicable and it's disgusting. I'm a father. I'm a dad. I'm doing what dads do, what fathers do. That, that's how it is. I don't get Mother's Day. I don't, I don't need stuff for Mother's Day simply because I'm out in the middle of the day with my daughter taking care of her. That's just, that's just a simple fact of the matter. So if you're one of those people that thinks that, uh, maybe bang your head against the wall for a little while and realize how dumb it is. You know, that's the only solution I can give you because I, I like I was talking to this woman who was like talking to a wall and she was trying to say to me, you're doing a woman's job and I should get a Mother's Day card. Yeah, shut up, lady. Just just shut up. Get and get out of my face and shut up. And I was I was actually really not mean about it, but I was, I was pushing back like uh, Father's Day. We have Father's Day. We have Father's Day. I didn't push the kid out. You know, if by some miracle of science I had pushed the kid out, then maybe I could expect some kind of Mother's Day card. But we don't have that. And fortunately for me, and I mean that, I didn't have to do the actual pushing. As, as I've said before on this podcast, it's amazing what women do uh, to bring life into this world. And I don't need a Mother's Day card, bottom line. All right, so now that we've opened things with a little bit of a rant, let's get into some social stuff. Sh social? Social. Talking like William Shatner over here. Social. That's not even William Shatner. Who talks like social? I don't even know. It's weird. Social topics for this week. Uh, all right. Last episode, if, if, if you were here for the last episode, we talked about this, this glorious thing called the Fire Festival. The Fire Festival. F-Y-R-E. Fire Festival. Uh, kind of 
co-presented by the the always amazing <laughs> Ja Rule. And uh, if you don't understand what what that is, then um, look up some Ja Rule. YouTube it. These days you can totally like YouTube it. My my GoPro is acting up. Can I get a wall fan out there that knows what is happening with my GoPro? You're never gonna see these things anyway. It's all it's all kinds of messed up right now. All right, I'm gonna leave it alone uh, because that's yet another tangent. There, you guys can can you hear it beeping. It was beeping on the last episode too. I already I know that. I know. I, I actually I don't apologize. Things happen. This is a freaking podcast. I got neighbors next door making all kinds of noise. Home studio. That's what happens. So anyway, fire festival. So now that kind of the dust has settled, I guess uh, to an extent. I guess. <laughs> It's, there's still all, all kinds of madness. Uh, there's a bunch of lawsuits that have been popping up. A bunch of lawsuits, and it's interesting. Uh, one of them is being spearheaded by the, the the great Mark Garagos. I don't know anything about Mark Garagos except that he is one of the biggest lawyers around in, in, in California, and you always hear about him and all his other stuff, blah, blah, blah. Uh, but he's spearheading one of the lawsuits like out of California. Uh, so, so that's interesting because obviously there's going to be a lot of lawsuits. That's like a $100 million one. And he literally compared the Fire Festival to Hunger Games, uh, which it, I know last episode I said Matt Skiba, he said it's the the uh, the Lord of the Entitled Flies. That's kind of funny. <laughs> Hunger Games, it's kind of funny. It's this like dystopian future. However, I don't think they gave these people at the Fire Festival a bunch of weapons and told them to kill each other. So let's not get too out of hand there, Mark Garagos. That's, uh, you're reaching a little too much. You're reaching a little too much. As Jaw Rule would say, uh, you're reaching a little too much. All right. Uh, and one thing that I did find interesting that has come up with a bunch of these lawsuits is apparently the organizers of the festival, as people were down there, if, if, if you know about the fire festival and you've looked at some of the Twitter and all this other stuff, you, you know how crazy it was down there. Uh, they were actually trying to keep people from, from posting on social media from the festival, basically trying to keep, uh, like all the, so the people couldn't see how bad it really was out there, which is interesting. Um, and the extra interesting part about that is it was, it was it was all about like influencers and the influencers they were bringing down there to, to like Instagram and and everything else and if you've been a fan of the show you know I've talked about that with Coachella and with Burning Man and everything else um, and it was just fascinating that they were trying to pull all these influencers down there and then just no nah, no nah, you can't post anything granted it took the turn that they weren't expecting uh, but they were literally trying to keep this like under wraps and obviously how are you gonna keep it under wraps people are gonna hear about this come on jaw. Come on, jaw roll. Get with it. Get with it. Um, so, fire festival. We're gonna see more, much more fallout from this. I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm keeping an eye on it simply because it's entertaining. <laughs> it is entertaining, and people are still saying they're gonna go back next year. So, jaw roll is gonna make, make some money next year. I, guess. I, I don't even know. And there's people are saying it was like a total scam and everything else. Like there, there's a guy in on a lawsuit that didn't even make it down to, uh, was it the Bahamas or wherever they were having it? One of the Caribbean islands off of Florida. Uh, he got stuck in, not even stuck, but he got went to Miami from like somewhere on the East Coast and, and then was going to go down to the Bahamas and then couldn't go. And now he's filing suit. He's like, oh, this is terrible. Like, I, I didn't even get there. But and it's like, okay, make up your mind. Like either you're happy that you didn't have to deal with all this stuff uh, or, you know, you're upset because it, whatever it is, just, just it, you can't, you can't have both ways. You can't have both ways. You, you can't, you can't. Either you wanted to go and, and you didn't go because you they told you it was freaking terrible uh, or you wanted to go and you couldn't go and you're just disappointed that you couldn't go and, you know, whatever it is. These were like $1,000, $2,000 tickets. Not cheap, not expensive, not $100 million expensive. Get over yourselves, people. 
Lord of the self-entitled flies. All right, moving along on social here. I found something really interesting. Uh, just came up today, actually. You know, I, I'm, I'm not the biggest on, like, YouTube and these viral videos and everything. I have, like, some friends that I follow and some artists that I really enjoy uh, that I do kind of follow. I'm, I'm not really religious as far as watching all the videos and everything else. So I hadn't even heard about this one. But apparently there was a, a channel called uh, Daddy of Five, and it was a couple fairly young couple I believe it seemed like it at least I you know I didn't really I didn't want to get in depth to like their details because that was not important to the story uh, but they have five kids obviously um, and I think I, I feel like it's it, for lack of a better word a Brady Bunch situation again I didn't get into details on the kids and everything else but I don't think they're all five of there together like some of them step kids blah, blah blah you know all all of the five are one of the two people's kids uh, but but I don't think like they had all five together and you, you'll understand kind of where I get that as we move through the story. So what they were doing is they had a bunch of family videos on there, which I get, you know, and to an extent I get like, why do, why do you need to post your family videos like all over, you know, YouTube and stuff? You can share them privately with your relatives, whatever it is, like, you know, your grandparents, your parents, like you can share them privately. You don't need to broadcast it all over YouTube. So that that's one thing. And, and I kind of I, like, I understand that to an extent because you want to show it personally. I don't, I wouldn't do it. Uh, but the ridiculous thing here is what they started doing was playing pranks on these five kids. Pranks. Uh, and certain things would be like th the dad would encourage a couple of the kids to gang up on one of the other kids and like pretty much bully them. I didn't watch any of these videos specifically. I just was just reading articles uh, to get a better idea of it. I wasn't going to go give them clicks and all this other stuff because that's ridiculous, you know. Uh, and then on top of that, like there was one specific prank where they poured a bunch of disappearing ink in one of the son's bedrooms. Like and young kid like five to seven in that age range uh poured a bunch of uh, disappearing ink on the floor if you don't know what disappearing ink is basically what it, it looks like ink but then it goes away it's not like real pen ink that's going to stain and destroy things uh it disappears disappearing ink you know pretty self-explanatory and they they started yelling at the kid started yelling at him and chastising, like oh and you're gonna take away all his stuff uh and then after a while they're like oh it's just a prank it's a prank and scarring these kids scarring the kids you know, there, there were stories about how he would, like, basically knock kids into bookshelves and stuff like that. Uh, they destroyed one of the kids, like, tablets or whatever. And kids kids don't need freaking tablets. But nonetheless, you, you don't need to be smashing a tablet in front of a kid, uh, whether it's theirs or not. There's just no, no reason for that. No call for that. Come on now. Uh, and what happened was two of the kids got taken away. And that's, that's how I think uh, they're not all five, like, you know, and because what happened was two of these kids got sent to live with their birth mother. Um, and so I, there's five of them. There's still three there. You know, who knows if they're still doing this. They're probably not broadcasting it because they got in trouble. Uh, and the guy's excuse, which was ridiculous, he said he wanted to be famous for his kids. The kids liked seeing all these likes and stuff. So you bully your kids to get likes because that's going to make your kids like you more. This is what's happening in the world, wall fans. This is what's happening in the world. It's ridiculous. Social media. I, you know, granted, I understand that I talk about Zofia once in a while. You know, we have funny stories and everything else. I, I'm not going to sit there broadcasting videos of her to get likes. To get likes? I mean, come on. This is ridiculous. And then, and the excuse just blows my mind. You know, oh, I wanted my kids to, to think of me as a hero. So you throw them into bookshelves? You throw the kid into a bookshelf, you know, and they're just going to forget about that. But then they're going to see all these likes and they're going to think you're their hero. Come on, dude. Come on, Daddy of Five. I'm not even giving his name here. Uh, but, it, you know, if you're if you're interested, look it up. 
daddy of five. Thank God they've taken away two of the kids here. Um, I'm hoping they get the other three because these, these people should not be allowed to have children. They shouldn't be allowed to have children uh, with just their way of thinking. They're, that's their way of thinking. They got famous. They want he, This guy and his wife wanted to get famous, so they abused their kids to do that, took advantage of their kids to do that. Unacceptable. Completely unacceptable. And it just, things like this just should never happen. They shouldn't happen. You shouldn't bully your kid to begin with. And you shouldn't bully anyone, actually, to begin with, let alone your own kid, and then broadcast it, videotape it and broadcast it, and then your excuse, I want to be a hero to my kids. Come on, man. Come on, Daddy of Five. Get with it. Just, just get with it. That's all we got for social day. Let's take a moment, though, because as per usual, if you've, if you've listened to the show over the past 16 episodes, 17, actually, this is episode 17, but it's 18th episode. If you haven't been a listener, if you've been a listener, you know why. If you haven't been, go back and look it up. Figure it out. I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's because we had an episode zero. Uh, but always have a new beer. Not always a new beer, but a beer on the show. Uh, like Sometimes I like to talk about it. It's kind of my security blanket. I drink a beer while I'm doing the show. And it just, you know, that's just kind of become part of the show. Uh, and this week, I have a new brew that I actually hadn't had before. It's from New Holland Brewing out of New Holland, Michigan. I believe I've had some of their beers before, but I haven't had this, this specific one. It's called the Mad Hatter. Midwest India Pale Ale. India Pale Ale is IPA. If you've seen any kind of beer, especially these days, you know what an IPA is. Uh, the interesting thing about and it's good. I'm enjoying it. It, it, is, it is a good beer. I like IPAs. The interesting thing about that, and I said it, it's a Midwest India Pale Ale. Now, I, I, I enjoy beer. I like going to brew. I'll do beer tastings. If someone recommends, hey, this is a good beer, you know. I But at the same time, I'm not a beer snob. I will drink just about any beer. There's a couple exceptions. I don't understand why people drink Coors Light. I would rather drink water. Uh, but outside of that, like I'll pretty much just I'll drink anything. I love like Tecate. If, if if I'm partying all day or I'm out at the burn, like it is Tecate time. You know, like I, I'm I'm not opposed to the cheap beer. So I'm not a beer snob by any means. Uh, I do like my IPAs. But I see this constant debate of like East Coast and West Coast IPA, and I've I've had like brewers and bartenders try to explain it to me. I still don't get it. Like it is a slight variation in taste. Uh, but now, as you can hear, there's apparently a Midwest India Pale Ale, and I still don't get it. It's good. I like it. I, you know, I understand what's the difference between a Midwest India Pale Ale and a West Coast IPA India Pale Ale. Who knows? Maybe some, maybe a wall fan out there can explain it to me. Jump on that Facebook page, facebook.com uh, slash go tell it to the wall. Uh, you know, shoot me a quick message, whatever it might be, because I'm curious. Maybe you can explain it to me. Uh, nonetheless, it's a good beer. New Holland Brewing Mad Hatter Midwest India Pale Ale. And it's got like a cartoonish Mad Hatter, you know, like from Alice in Wonderland. Not Disney, though. It's not the Disney version, because that would get shut down so quickly by the mouse, so quickly. We're talking the company that sued an elementary school because they had pictures of Mickey on the wall. So they would surely sue New Holland Brewing Company. See, I got that surely sue. That was like, I was meant to mess that up, and now I'm pointing it out. I, I didn't mess it up, and now I'm pointing out how I should have messed it up, and it kind of defeats the purpose. All right, but that's what we do at the wall. Tangents. Tangents galore. Come on. All right, let's move on to some TV film books. TV film books. I have no, I've got no book stuff. I don't think we've had book stuff in a while. Maybe one day we'll have, but we're leaving it in there just in case book stuff does come up. Uh, a lot of TV stuff, though. A lot of TV stuff. Uh, so let's get into it. It is chopping block season. That's what I like to call May is chopping block season for television. 
if you're a television watcher, you like sitcoms. I'm a sitcom fan. Uh, you know, I got Hulu at the house, and one, once once Zoe goes to bed, my wife and I tend to sit down and watch a couple sitcoms. You know, we have a few that we really like. But if you are a fan of sitcoms, do a little research. Check out Variety or Hollywood Reporter, and they'll tell you if your show is going to still be around. Now, there's the big boys, like the Modern Families and stuff that just win Emmys upon Emmys upon you're like, <laughs> it's not going anywhere. Uh, but there are a bunch of shows that did get the axe. It seems like... This year, the chopping block season is a little more brutal than usual. Uh, one show in particular that I was enjoying uh, was The Real O'Neills on ABC, another uh, another Disney company owned by the mouse, uh, and and I enjoyed it. Now I think this was this was almost like meant for me, like being a cradle Catholic and growing up in a family that was very active in the church and Catholic school and everything else. And and I'm not going to get into details on Real O'Neills, but I appreciated it uh, just because of kind of that side of it. But then also the the kind of it, it was a little more open-minded, uh, which I enjoyed as well. So, it, unfortunately, that show's going to be gone for me. I mean, not over here slitting my wrists. It is what it is. Sitcoms get canceled all the time. I'm a huge Freaks and Geeks fan. So, really, ever since Freaks and Geeks, like I just, I, eh, this show's canceled. I, eh, eh, eh. I just assume everything I like's getting canceled um, until it doesn't, and then it kind of jumps the shark, like Modern Family, and like many of those, <laughs> they just, they, they fly over that shark, and then we're going to keep spending money on it, even though nobody likes it anymore, uh, but that's what happens, chopping block season, so watch out, your show could be gone, all right, a little more Game of Thrones news, a little bit of a spoiler, I'm going to, I'm going to give you a warning, if you're, if you're up to date, on Game of Thrones, or even if you're only like a season behind, it's not a spoiler. But if you, if you haven't started watching yet, it is a bit of a spoiler. It's not a major spoiler. I'm not going to get into like ridiculous details. Uh, but I did find this interesting. They were talking about like the stunts on Game of Thrones, and one stunt in particular that they're they're all the stunt people and like the the, the showrunners are like, oh my gosh, that was probably the craziest one ever. Uh, and this is again spoiler alert if you haven't watched up and up through like two seasons ago possible spoiler there's a scene uh where one of the uh, and if you haven't watched it all spoiler there's a scene where danny is in the middle of one of the arenas and basically getting surrounded by a bunch of people and one of her dragons swoops down uh, and basically starts blowing fire and lights a bunch of people on fire well what they did what what the game of thrones showrunners did is they put a 45 foot like this is what I start using terms because I was film school and everything else. It's basically a jib arm, and it's it's a big crane. It's a big crane where they can move it around, you know, and dragons, obviously, because dragons don't exist. They're CGI. But what they did, they blew real fire. They attached a flamethrower to the end of this, this jib arm, this crane, and they're moving it around, and they actually lit 20 stunt people on fire. 20 of them right there lit on fire, you know, and obviously they're fine. They were supposed to be lit on fire. That was part of the scene and everything else. They're stunt people. They know what they're doing. They're professionals. Don't try that at home ever, ever, ever. Even if you're a stunt person, probably don't try that at home. Just seems like a bad idea. Uh, but I found it fascinating. There's lighting people on fire, lighting people on fire. Lighting, and then, like, that's the realness of Game of Thrones. Not CGI fire, mind you. We're going to light these stunt people on fire. Uh, so I thought that was pretty cool. So you can come back now if, you know, and it wasn't a huge spoiler, uh, but, you know, if, I guess if you haven't watched Game of Thrones at all, a little bit of a spoiler alert right now, maybe you don't know that the dragons show up eventually. Me, personally, like, I was a little late to the game, a couple seasons behind, um, and I hadn't had it spoiled, but 
like they kind of allude to it and you're like, all right, the dragon's coming at some point and we're getting some dragons up in here. And then the dragons come and you're like, oh, cool. Like, but you know, it's, it wasn't like a huge reveal of, it wasn't like Rosebud or anything. If you don't know what that is, go look it up. I don't want, don't give me questions about what is Rosebud because if you, if you don't know what that is, you, you haven't seen movies. You haven't watched the right movies at least. Watching too much of that high school musical and other junk. Get some good films out there. So hypocritical of me to say that I went to film school because of Kevin Smith, so clearly I shouldn't be talking. Uh, but, you know, check it out. Citizen King. All right, one more thing on television right now. And and I'll be honest, actually, we're probably going to talk about this a little more in a future episode because I haven't done enough research. This just recently popped up, uh, but I did find it interesting because I know this show has just caught fire. Uh, and there, it's the show 13 Reasons Why on Netflix. It's a Netflix original series, uh, just like, oh my God, Stranger Things. Boof, brain fart, right out of the head there. Uh, you know, not like Stranger Things, but it, in the respect that it's a Netflix original series. So 13 Reasons Why. Um, and I'd kind of heard of it, and I, a couple people are like, I, you know, I see it posted on the Facebook. Uh, which for me, weirdly, I think it's like the, the the crappy little punk in me, you know, when I was a kid. Like once, once like too many people are watching something or listening, like I can't. I can't. It's just, it's, it's like too deeply ingrained in me. Um, and it takes me a while to come around to it. Like Game of Thrones is like that. Like, I was like, ah, and then I started watching. I was like, all right, all right, all right. Okay, we're going to watch this thing. Like, <laughs> I see what you guys are saying. Uh, you know, but on the other side, Breaking Bad, like, and I couldn't get into it. And I waited, and, and I was just like, ah, I don't care how much you guys say this show's awesome. <laughs> like, I really don't care about it. Uh, so, anyway, it'll, it might take me a little while to get to 13 Reasons Why, because it just caught fire. But it is interesting. If you haven't heard of the show, it's about a girl who commits suicide and, and essentially leaves like these these 13 reasons why like behind on a cassette tape um and i guess that's how it is similar to stranger things they're like 80s 80s netflix is all about like 80s nostalgia um because cassette tapes you know yeah because yeah come on uh and then so basically leaves these cassette tapes with these 13 reasons why she committed suicide and then I might be getting this totally wrong, not totally wrong, but missing parts of it. Nonetheless, I think it's also like kind of 13 people, but either way, the show is all about like suicide. And what I'm hearing now is that uh, they were kind of marketing it towards, and I haven't seen a lot of marketing on it, to be totally honest. I think I saw a couple commercials. Um, I, I, I do watch Netflix, but I watch a lot more Hulu, so I don't think I'm getting like the Netflix commercials on the Hulu, blah, blah, blah. I'm sure I saw them somewhere. So... I wasn't real familiar with the marketing behind it, but I'm from what I can read and gather, it seems that they were marketing a little bit toward kids. Now, I'm not talking like five-year-olds, you know, um, but adolescent kids, young teens, tweens, which is the word kind of everyone uses these days, tweens these days, been using it for a long time because uh, I, I use that in, in my marketing career quite a bit because that's what we're doing is marketing toward tweens. Uh, but nonetheless, I, I'm, I'm curious and I'm going to look at this a little more. Obviously I think it's wrong to, to be marketing a show, especially if it's glamorizing suicide, uh, to adolescents who are impressionable, who are impressionable. And it's to the point in fact, where a bunch of schools in Canada have, have, uh, banned kids from talking about the show around their campuses. They, they literally, they're like, no, we don't want kids talking about it on campus. We don't, we don't want it spreading through the school. Um, so it's becoming a little bit of a problem. So I'm curious kind of how, how much how much of this is is just kind of people looking for something to to get ridiculous about uh, and how much of it is really, you know, they need to go back and look at their marketing. So we'll probably talk about that uh, on a future 
episode. Just I just wanted to. I guess that's that's a teaser. That's a teaser. <laughs> the people who've been listening from the beginning are like, shut up, Sean, because I tease like a Burning Man segment for probably fourteen episodes before it actually came up. But I'll get around to watching some Thirteen Reasons Why. I know my wife wants to watch it too, so. We'll watch that. I'm curious. I'm going to do a little more research on the marketing because it, it's really interesting. Uh, just just kind of what brings up controversy and everything else. And t- to me, this seems like something that could be very controversial uh, unless it's people just kind of getting a little bit ridiculous, you know, just because just because on Netflix doesn't mean they're marketing toward kids like that. That kind of comes down to you. But if it is really tween based marketing, then you can push a little back on Netflix uh, and, and the makers of, of 13 Reasons Why. So we'll see what happens there. I find it interesting. And since I find it interesting, all of you have to listen to me talk about it, uh, unless you've already turned this off, which I don't blame you. Should you just always turn it off? Like listen to the first like minute and then like the last minute. <laughs> That's all you gotta do, really. Except for you, Darshan, you you know better than that. Uh, all right, so one more thing on TV film books. I've talked about this before. Cash me outside. How about that? I know that's not how she says it. I'm not going to glorify how she says it. I think it's ridiculous. We've talked about on the show how ridiculous it is that we glamorize these kids. This 14-year-old girl, um, I'm not even going to say her name. It's the cash-me-outside dumbass. Uh, that, that's how we're going to refer to her from, from, from here on out. Uh, and, and if you haven't heard about this, look it up. She is a horrible 14-year-old girl was on Dr. Phil. I talked about it in a previous episode. Um, and this is, she, all these memes came out of it. And she was given like a, a reality show and everything else. And what's happened now is MTV, which up until today, I'll be totally honest, I kind of forgot they were a network. I, I, I kind of forgot about it because I don't even know what, I don't even, do they do anything anymore? Like, I, I don't know. Does, does real world still exist? I mean, that's kind of like, that's kind of my my experience with MTV is, is like when they did actual music videos and then like the real world, that was like the turning point in like the early nineties when it was like, Oh, Oh, you're doing more than music videos. Um, and yeah, I know TRL. I was, I was actually on an episode in the crowd of TRL and we're not going to get into that. Um, so yes, TRL, I guess I always forget about that. One. <laughs> I kind of block it out of my head. I was on an episode with Incubus, which was, which was pretty cool. Uh, but nonetheless, MTV didn't even know they were they were like still going you know and and they have their they have their MTV video music awards and they also have their MTV movie awards and now it's changed to movie and television awards um and they have some stupid I'm not even going to glorify them with like the something they call it something it's an award and basically they've nominated this cash me outside dumbass uh for this award and she's up against people like uh the the carpool karaoke guy and it's moments it's it's like specific moments so it's not overall shows and stuff like that it's kind of viral moments um but but the the carpool karaoke guy with lady gaga um and and uh and what's her face uh stranger things at the at the awards show when she's making weird faces i'm blanking on her freaking name i got a problem can you tell can you tell i have a six-month-old at home like everything is out of the head out of the head it's gone why not a writer why don't Ryder, her weird faces at the award show. And there's a couple others, and it's all very funny, like, uplifting things. And then you have this stupid girl on Dr. Phil making up a phrase because she was really, like, being a bitch to her mother. Like, that's what's happening is, is this kid is off the rails being a bitch to her mother, and everyone's glorifying it. Everyone's glorifying it. And now MTV is going to give her a freaking award, or they've nominated her for an award, extending her stupid 15 minutes of fame, which I was hoping was at, like, 14 minutes, 59 seconds, but apparently we got to deal with this for a little bit longer. Um, I say we, I don't have to, I just, I look it up and it's, to me, it's just disgusting. Like, can we lift up other 14 year olds that are actually like doing good things? 
no, no, we got to give this stupid dumbass a reality show, and then we're going to give her an MTV award probably. I bet she's going to get it too because MTV's a joke. MTV's a joke. The whole Viacom company. Like, get your, get your junk together. Come on. Come on, man. Um, so, Cash Me Outside Girl, soon to be MTV movie award winner. I don't even know what the trophy looks like. I mean, you know, I I, I barely care about the Oscars anymore. <laughs> like, MTV. What? Oh, oh, you have an award. Oh, oh, you guys are still a network. Oh, yeah. See, I don't even have cables. I don't even know these networks exist. Um, I mean, I knew it existed. I just didn't realize they were, like, still doing programming, you know? I don't know. <laughs> I'm sure they are. So, all right, let's, let's move along. On that note, cash me outside, dumbass. I'm, uh, I'm hoping that doesn't come up again. I, I really am hoping it, you know. Unfortunately, in the world we live in, she's probably going to, the next Kardashian, they're going to, the, the Kardashians are probably adopt her. They're probably going to adopt her. Because, you know, I, I haven't heard, because I, I don't follow the Kardashians, but <laughs> unfortunately it, it pops up in my, like, news feeds and everything else and just in general news. Uh, and I haven't heard a lot about them in a while, so I'm sure they need this Catch Me Outside dumbass to, to kind of boost them back up a little bit. Kardashians. Freaking ridiculous. All right, let's move along here. A little bit of music. Music. I don't have a lot of music. Literally a little bit of music. I'm not, In fact, up until this, this one mention, I wasn't going to talk about Cloudside today. Now that I have, I, I can't say that I, you know, I wasn't going to. I did. Check out Cloudside. Uh, but anyway, Blink-182, I'm waiting for that deluxe album to come out. And as I've mentioned previously, they are releasing some songs here and there. New one came out today. It's not great. It's not great. It's okay. It's okay. It's not great. It's not gold. You know? Uh, but it is what it is. New music from Blink. If you pre-ordered their album, check it out. You can check it out on the YouTube and everything else. Uh, it's called Wildfire, which, being from San Diego, <laughs> and Blink's from San Diego... Wildfire, I was like, whoa, <laughs> but it's not, it's not, uh, it's not, not that kind of wildfire, no, not that kind of wildfire, um, so, Rancid, I mentioned the last episode, they got an album coming out June 9th, I got around to listening to the new song, and it is freaking fire, I'm telling you, fire, I got these millennials hanging around me, like, who, where did, why did I even use that word, fire, it's a great song, it's cool, it's it's the bee's knees. <laughs> it's the bee's knees. I, I'm too old to be using a word like fire. It's fire, especially with the fire festival. <laughs> Do you think that's going to like have a whole new meaning now? Like fire festival. That, oh, that song's fire. Oh, God. It's abandoned on an island. <laughs> no, no. F-I-R-E. Uh, nonetheless, it was, it's an awesome song. It's an awesome song. I can't, I can't remember the name of it right now, uh, but there were a couple things. I checked out the video on YouTube. Haven't had a chance to pre-order the album yet, but I will be pre-ordering it probably tonight or tomorrow. Uh, and and I think this song is the one they've released already. Uh, but a couple of things about it: they put this music video out. They're playing this song in a garage. And this is really clever because it harkens back to like punk rock, you know, playing in the garage and everything else. And and we're just shooting a music video in the garage, and they've got like Rancid spray painted on the like back wall of the garage, and it's like pegboard. It's awesome, awesome. Problem is. Tim Armstrong and Rancid, they are not spring chickens anymore. They're not. And it's funny seeing these guys with kind of bigger bellies, losing their hair, you know, a little more wrinkles than most, like, rockers out there, you know, with the exception of, like, the ones that have been around for a long time. You know, Steven Tyler, obviously. <laughs> like, you know, uh, obviously those guys are a little older. Uh, but it was it, it was funny. I was sitting there going, <laughs> okay, guys, 
<laughs> like, first of all, get a little better makeup. Um, and more power to them. Like, own it. Just own it. Own the beer bellies and everything else and losing the hair. And it's so funny because their tattoos are, you know, they're all punk rock down. Like, their tattoos are kind of fading a little. Uh, the other interesting thing, and I'd like to think I could take And I'm going to pretend I'm taking credit for this. Tim Armstrong, for the first time, he's the lead singer of Rancid. Uh, he was in Operation Ivy. He's the lead singer of Transplants. Um, if you don't know what Op Ivy is, check it out. Transplants. I also recommend them if you're into like like rock and, and punk rock and alternative, kind of that feel of it. And it has a little bit of, I don't want to say hip-hop feel, but like a little tiny bit of like a hip-hop feel. They got like a DJ scratching in there and stuff. Um, so it's, it's a little bit. But Tim Armstrong now has a beard. He's got a beard, bald head and a beard. And I'm pretty sure he's copying me because of all that time, Operation Ivy, uh, Rancid and Transplants, I've never seen the guy with a beard. I've been a fan since the 80s. I've never seen the guy with a beard. And now he's got one. I think he's copying me. Obviously he's not. But I'm going to pretend he is, wall fans. We're going to pretend that he's copying me because if you're not aware, I have a beard. And if you're not aware, you probably haven't been listening to this because the freaking our, our show logo has a my face with a big old beard. Um, and actually, my beard's bigger now. What, how, that's way too much talking. Okay. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> right, that's too much. We're going to leave that alone. We're going to leave that alone. Sorry. Wall fans. Drop my pen here. All right. A little bit of sports ball. That's it for music. We'll have some more music. We'll talk about some cloud sides and give me motion soon, I'm sure. Uh, and I just have one sports ball thing. For our our best friend of the show, LeVar Ball, if you've listened previously, I've talked about. I'm not going to get into details. He's got a son that went to UCLA, blah, blah. He's real loudmouth. Claimed he could beat Jordan and one on Michael Jordan in one-on-one. Even if you're not a sports ball fan, you know who the hell Michael Jordan is. Claimed he could beat him in one-on-one in his heyday. <laughs> okay, bud. Um, whatever you say. Beaten arguably the best basketball player of all time. Uh, so what's happening now is, and, and his son is about to be in the NBA draft. You know, teams are going to be able to draft him. He's a really good player. What's happening now is there's a bunch of rumors and stories coming out that teams are somewhat avoiding him because of his dad. Now, the thing is, I understand, and, and for those of you that aren't sports ball fans, we're not going to get into crazy details. I understand, you know, you kind of put certain things aside because they have a lot of talent, you know, and you're like, okay, well, maybe we could deal with the talent if this is the next Michael Jordan. But what what's happening is these teams are saying, okay, if, if it's between this ball kid and then another kid who's just about as good, maybe not quite as good, but we don't have to deal with the father... Then they're taking the other kid. And this is what I've said from the beginning since we started talking about him. Is I understand he's, he's trying to do good for his kid and he thinks he's doing good and all this other stuff. He's a loud mouth and he's turning people off. He's turning people off. You know, honestly. like, And I think the, the Lonzo Ball kid, the kid that just came out of UCLA, great basketball player, everything else, seems like a stand-up kid. But I can't get, like me personally even, I can't get past the father. Like I wouldn't want to be friends with the dude because then you know you got to deal with the father. You know? Like if, if I was a... a, a if I was interested in him, like I wouldn't even want to date him. Like I, I could see, uh, w- you know, women being like, no, I, I then I got to deal with the father, you know, and the same things happening with, with teams that could potentially draft him and put him on their basketball team in the national basketball association, professional basketball. Um, I'm sure he's still going to make tons of money, but LeVar ball needs to shut his mouth. Um, and, and hopefully this isn't his undoing. I guess I'd feel bad for the kid. I really would feel bad for the kid if this was his undoing because you can't, Unfortunately, he can't trade in your father, uh, but he probably does need to tell him to just just calm it down, like take it down a notch. You know, let's let's go from a ten to a five, take it down just a little bit. Um, all right, that's it for sports ball. Let's get into some tech. All right, so we got a few things on tech. 
first one being, and I'm going to, I'm going to post this one on, on the Facebook page, uh, probably as well as Twitter, because there's so much detail on this that I couldn't get into. But the bottom line is I read an article, uh, talking about how smartphones are the new cigarette. And obviously this caught my, I was a smoker for years. I still smoke an e-cig. Unfortunately, it's disgusting, terrible habit. Um, and, and it, it intrigued me. Because I was like, oh, what, what do you mean? And then as soon as I started reading, I go, oh, that's so true. That's so true. And this article uh, that this guy wrote talked about how, like, he goes to do CrossFit. And, like, people were walking away from, like, the trainer as they're going through, like, I don't know anything much about CrossFit, but they're going through their whole routines and everything else. Um, and, and people would, like, go and check their phone. And, like, every 10 minutes, oh, oh what's happening on my what's happening on my phone? Like, oh, my gosh. And obviously these aren't a bunch of doctors, you know, like, just checking their phones. Checking their phones. And this guy, he was getting fed up with it. And as he was getting into it, it, it was really interesting to kind of think of it like that. You know, because if, if you're young and, 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 and haven't had the experience, you know, if you're my age or really or older, you, you remember when, like, cigarettes were very prevalent. I mean, they're still prevalent, you know, but not like they used to be. I mean, I went to film school, and, and as soon as we had a break, like, during class, it was, everybody's outside. Teacher is outside smoking cigarettes with all the students. You know, like, that was what we did. That's what we did. Um, and that's what's happening now is, is people, but it also used to be the stigma of like, oh, I got to run out of a cigarette in there. You know, you've seen the non, the anti-smoking commercials where they show the kids getting dragged out and he's like, oh, I got to smoke a cigarette. That's what's happening with phones now. Every 10 minutes, you got to check the phone and they're glued to it. And it's amazing. This guy was talking about how like he'll be walking down the street with his wife and what immediately pulls out the phone and she's on the phone as they're walking. And I get it. I mean, I'm on my phone plenty too. Like I, I'm not going to sit here and 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 be hypocritical about that but there there's definitely you can see that difference you know between people that really have a phone because they need it and there is information and and sometimes you know i get i get content for this show from my phone at times so, so i get it but then there's also like the people that recognize like i don't need to be on this every minute of every day you know and i think and what this guy was pointing out was not only it's not only that you don't want to be on your phone every minute of every day, but you're seeing yourself and other people and that we're all moving down this path of being on our phones constantly throughout the day and minimizing human interaction because we're constantly on our phones. And it's like cigarettes. It's like a cigarette. Uh, and there's actually a bunch of studies out there that, that it's actually it's not the best thing for your brain. It's, it's really just, it's not even the best thing for your brain. Uh, so all of you out there, wall fans, just, just be conscious of how much you're on your phone. If you're sitting having with dinner, ha sitting having dinner with someone, have dinner. If you're on a walk with someone, talk with them. You know, these are all important things, not just being on your phone. Um, so just keep that in mind. We'll probably, I'll probably go ahead and post that article so you guys can see a little more detail. I'm not going to get into all the ridiculous details, but it was just, it was such an interesting comparison, you know? It's just interesting. Um, as we talk about some more tech. <laughs> Phones being tech. Um, all right, we've talked about Google Home on this podcast quite a bit. We've talked a little bit about the Amazon Echo and all the other stuff. And the only reason we talk about the Google Home more is because I happen to have one in my home. Um, and I also learned a few episodes back to not use the phrase to trigger it because then all your phones and Google Homes are going to go crazy and everything else. Now, if, you're in, if you don't already have a Google Home or maybe you want a second one, you're interested in getting one, uh, there is a deal that I read about today. They have them on sale right now at select Walmart stores for $64. The original price when it came out was $129. I believe they just lowered the price to $114. They dropped it by like $15. Uh, but $64, that's almost half the price, even if you know, you're going off the new price point of $114. Um, the, the only bad thing 
you can't order it online with Walmart, so you got to go into a Walmart store. For me personally, it might not be worth the savings, but if you go to a Walmart regularly, you know, you're a glutton for punishment, dealing with all the ridiculousness that is Walmart, uh, pick one up, 64 bucks. You can't beat it. If I had to go to a Walmart and I saw one sitting there, I might just pick up an extra one for 64 bucks because that's, that's pretty darn good. So check it out. All right, in the land of, see, I said, talk about Google Home more, blah, blah, blah. Well, in the land of, of, of smart homes and smart devices and everything else, Amazon came out with a new device, I believe just today, today or yesterday. This is the Amazon Echo Show. And you should all know what the Echo is. It's just like the Google Home. You talk to it, it does stuff. The difference here is they put a screen on the Amazon Echo Show. And it got me thinking. Like, I would have loved to be in that meeting at Amazon when the guy's presenting it. So, we improved the Amazon Echo. What would you do? We'd put a screen on it so that you can see the information when you ask questions. Oh, so you mean like a cell phone? Yeah, but it's a little bigger, so it's not going to fit in your pocket. So, so like a tablet. Yeah, but, you know, you just kind of leave it in one place. So, like a computer? Yeah, but doesn't have all the capabilities that a computer does. So, that would have been my reaction. <laughs> like, I just, I don't, I, I don't understand. I don't understand. The whole point is you're talking to it and talks back and everything else. And you just, you, you added a big cell phone to it. And maybe they're trying to kill the tablet. In it. I, like, I don't, I don't even understand that because the tablet industry is, is suffering as it is. Um, and, and, and then on top of that, and I don't, I didn't even look at the price point on this because I'm like, I'm never going to have one of these things. I, you know, I don't, I, I have a cell phone. I can look it up. I have a computer. Like, I'm fine with that. The Google Home is great for like playing music and asking quick questions and stuff. I don't I don't want it to pull up an entire Wikipedia page for me. If I wanted that, I would get to a computer. I'd pull out my phone. Like it's not that hard. Of course, I was just talking about not being on your phone too much, you know. But information readily available for educational purposes is fantastic. That's where it is okay. But here, Amazon wants to put another screen in your home. Like I I just I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't get it. I mean, like, and you know, a lot of people don't get smartwatches and everything else. And like, blah, 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 blah. you know, honestly, I didn't really get the iPad when it first came out. I was like, so is it a computer? Is it a phone? Like, what is it? You know, and I own, I've owned an iPad for seven years. Um, took me a little while to get around to it, but, but I understood it. So, so maybe I'm being ridiculous, but <laughs> just the thought of the meeting, like, and I was like, wait, wh- what, what? Like you just attached a phone to your freaking smart home speaker. Um, and on that same note, literally like, this is what's funny we're getting into like a new medium for these companies to battle over much the way they do with like cell phones and stuff. You know, you have Apple and you have uh, Android and you have uh, windows phones, you know, and then within two of those categories, you have other manufacturers, you know, Samsung and LG and all this other stuff. Um, and, and even different manufacturers for the, for the windows phones, which I don't know who has a windows phone, but maybe someone out there does. Uh, and so like clockwork, Hours after Amazon announces this, Microsoft comes out and they're like, oh yeah, we didn't tell you yet. We're working on a home hub, which apparently, and I didn't get into details on this one either. I'm going to wait until it's more than just rumor, uh, but apparently it's going to blow all the other smart home stuff just like out of the water, uh, which makes sense to an extent because it is Microsoft powered. Uh, you know, so many people use Windows. It's win- Windows powered essentially, and it's, it's, it's the home hub, um, and it's supposed to be much more immersive than kind of what's in the market right now. So we'll probably be talking about that. Soon, as soon as stuff comes out. On well, same note of Microsoft, uh, apparently they have they are updating the store soon. You know, most of you out there probably don't use a Microsoft 
app store. I don't like I have a Surface Pro and I really don't use the app store myself. Like I have a couple apps off there. Because bottom line, you just put software on there. But apparently one of the most searched for apps on the app store is Apple iTunes. Apple iTunes. Despite the fact that you can actually install like I have it on my my Surface Pro right now, I'm able to use it. You know, and put little icons all over the place and like open up iTunes. Uh, but apparently there was a demand for it to be actually within the Windows App Store, the Microsoft App Store. And they reached a deal. It's coming to the App Store. And I have a feeling Apple was just kind of like, uh, yeah, you guys can already have it on your computers. What do we just got it? I mean, you just want to put it in the App Store? All right. It's going to do the same things. It's going to, like literally going to do the same things. The only thing I think of is maybe if you're um, if if you don't have a a Surface Pro, uh, you know I don't know what the capabilities are for installing the full iTunes software. Uh, same thing with Windows Phone for the two people out there that do own a Windows Phone. Uh, maybe it helps there. I, I I don't know, but apparently if you know if you're clamoring for it, iTunes is coming to the Microsoft App Store. So keep an eye out for that. One one more note on tech. And for those of you that have been avid listeners, you know that we have talked about this before. The Gal- the Samsung Galaxy Note 7 is making a comeback. And these rumors were flying around, and they've actually been popping up in Korea. Samsung is based in Korea. It's a Korean company. Uh, and they had refurbished uh, Samsung Galaxy Note 7s. These were the phones that were blowing up. They were the ones that were exploding. You couldn't bring them on airplanes and everything else. They've refurbished them. They've put them back on the market, and Samsung has already applied with the FCC in the United States to release it within the U.S., uh, so you should should see these coming up soon, soon. I'm, at, I'm, I'm hoping they did a lot more testing. I, I was looking at some of the tech specs on it, and they, they changed out the batteries and everything else, and they definitely did make it more safe uh, than it was, but I still wouldn't trust it, especially if you got a refurbished one that, like, blew up. <laughs> it's like, why, is, why does my phone smell like charred plastic? Oh, because he got the refurb. <laughs> like, nah, nah, I think I think we're good there. So, all right, that's it for tech. Let me get a little a little sip of my New Holland Brewing Mad Hatter Midwest India Pale Ale. I don't know why I'm using the whole term for that. It's Mad Hatter. It's a little Mad Hatter here. All right, now the moment that everyone's been clamoring for for the longest time, and we're going to get into another little bit of a story here. And I think we're going to run out of time, so I won't be able to get into the rant that I wanted to talk about. But it's okay, because it was a little bit of negativity that we don't need here at the wall. All right, Burning Man. Wall fans, Burning Man. We are continuing the Burning Man segment. Kind of bits and pieces. If you've listened before, you know that we are we are beating down stereotypes surrounding Burning Man and the burn and burners and everything else. Uh, so this week, I want to talk a little bit about the temple. If you're a burner, you know what the temple is, but I'm going to just get into a few little details about it so that everyone has a little bit better understanding. So at this giant, this, this giant gathering in the desert, um, you know, if you've heard of Burning Man, you probably know there is a man that burns, not an actual living man, a big giant wooden man that burns uh, toward the end of the week, the second to last day of, of the event. Uh, they burn a man. On the last day of the event, way out, like past the man, way out deep into Playa, where it's a little quieter and everything else, uh, every year is, is erected what they call a temple. Made completely out of wood. Different designs every year. You always kind of see the designs coming out around this time of year um, as they're deciding which design it's going to be and everything else. Uh, and, and 
talked about this previously in our Burning Man segments, but the temple is, is, is really a place that you are supposed to go to let go of things. Uh, so if you've lost a loved one, over the past year, or really any time in your life, but especially over the past year, this is kind of like, you know, you hear New Year's, like it's a fresh start. This It's kind of like a fresh start. And it's not letting go because you want to forget about it, but letting go of the pain or the sadness or whatever it might be. Like I said, most times it's someone that's lost a loved one or, a, or even a pet, you know? Sometimes it's somebody wants to let go of, of something that they're battling internally, you know? Maybe they want to let go of anxiety, you know, or fear, whatever it might be. It's a place for people to let go of those things. So they go and they write things on the temple, leave things in the temple, um, whatever it might be, and just go and, and, and you feel that vibe. You know, I will never forget my first time in the temple. I had no idea. No, I was like, ah, what do you mean? Temple, temple. And I walked in five minutes into being in the temple. I completely lost it. Completely lost it. Just tears. Tears flowing down my face, just uncontrollably, because I felt the power. And it's sadness, and it's it's a happiness, it's everything all at once, but you feel the power that's in that temple. In fact, my second year at the Burn, which is what we're going to get into a little bit of here, uh, I went out to the temple, and it was really important for me that year. I went out to the temple, and like my, my first morning there, and I, you know, I had a rough time getting in, and I went out to the temple, and I didn't feel anything. I didn't go in because it wasn't open yet. I didn't feel anything just standing next to the temple. And a few days later, I realized why. Because the temple isn't a building. It was built and erected out of wood, but it isn't about the building. It's about the people inside and what the people there put inside. So the power wasn't there yet. And I was disappointed until I realized, like, no, no, this is even better because it takes the people to give it that power, to have that feeling, to, to really embrace what everyone is going through. And help people let go and let go of things yourself. So really, my my second my second burn, unfortunately, within a, I think within a week after my first burn, I mentioned this on the last episode. My, my uncle passed away, and it, it was rough. It was rough. And so it's my second year, and so of course I'm I'm leaving stuff in the temple. I had a, I had the the program from his funeral and some some flowers from his funeral that I, I kept around for almost a year. Brought him out there. And I brought him into the temple, and this uh, actually happened to be my cousin Jeff's first year. And I went into the temple. He got there late that week, um, and I wanted to scout out a space. And I put the pictures there, and I, I wrote a very lengthy note to my uncle, like just from me to him, you know. And other people could have probably picked it up and read it and you know, if they wanted to, and I wouldn't have had a problem with that. But it was from me to him, you know. And I wanted to honor him because he was, he was very important in my life and, and in my upbringing and everything else. And so I did that. And I brought my cousin in there, my cousin Jeff in there for the first time. And he had the same experience, you know. And I'm sure he wouldn't be embarrassed if I told you. He came in and he saw that and burst into tears. Not only because of, of, of the feeling and the power of the temple itself, but also because of, of our uncle and a picture of our uncle in that temple. It was rough. It was rough. It really was. And, and you know, and I admit that. I had my wife with me, uh, my fiance at the time, uh, obviously now wife and 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 she helped me through it and I when I when I left that that note in there I walked out and I tried to keep it together as good as as well as I could and there's a couple things and I actually wasn't even going to talk about this and I'm walking out of the temple and this random guy just completely random guy 
comes up to me as I'm walking out and he, he must have seen what I was doing and he just looks at me and he goes, can I give you a hug? And then through tears I said, yeah, yeah. And he gives me a hug and he's like, you are, he, and he says, he just says to me, you are awesome. You are awesome. You get it. You know what it's about and it gets better. That was the important thing. He said, it gets better. It's a random guy. I didn't know him, never met him, but that's the power of the temple. That is the power of the temple. And that's what it is. He understood that I was going through something. He did. And he wanted to just that little gesture of giving a hug, you know, and my wife was there. <laughs> like I had my wife there, but it was just that random. And, and, you know, deep down, I believe that my uncle sent that person, you know, I'm very agnostic. Like, I, you know, I don't necessarily believe in, in a specific God or religion or anything, but I know there's spirituality out there. And I think that somehow my uncle sent that guy to be a random, because my wife was very supportive, but there was something about a random guy coming up and just giving comfort just because, just because, you know, and then I left there and still had my wife, you know, my wife is, is supporting me. And again, my, my cousin Jeff came a couple days later and I was able to show it to him. Um, and then as I mentioned, beginning of this segment, we, they burn the temple at the end of the week, which is also a very spiritual experience. It's, it's, it's an amazing experience. Uh, cause you sit there and sometimes it's rougher than others. You know, my first temple burning, I was very emotional, didn't understand why. And then, you know, this one with my uncle, I mean, my, my cousin and I sat there just holding, just holding each other for lack of a better word and just crying. But we, I mean, felt to an extent better afterward because we were able to honor him that way. Um, and it gets even crazier because I had said to a friend of mine is in, in DPW, shout out to Cougar Bait. Uh, he's in DPW. So he spends a lot more time out there. And most people, like I have ashes from the, my first man burn, um, you know, but I went out and got ashes like the day after the man burned. Thing is with the temple, we tend to leave like the next morning. And I'd said to my friend Cougar Bait, I said, can, can you go out there, get me ashes, just get me as many ashes as you can. I wanted to, um, I wanted to make necklaces with the ashes and, and some kind of slightly bigger vials that can be put around, you know? Um, and so I said, please, please, please just get this stuff. As we're sitting watching the temple burn that year, uh, out of nowhere, the wind picks up and blows a bunch of embers and ashes, probably five to 10 feet away from me without it being hot. You know, a little hot, but middle of the temple burn, bunch of people go scattering because they didn't know what to do. I just, I sat there. We all sat there. I try and stay calm as possible. Uh, but I was able, after the temple burned, I was able to get up, walk right over there and collect a bunch of ashes from my uncle's temple. To, for me, that will forever be my uncle's temple because that's what I was letting go of. I know to everyone else it's not, obviously, but to me, probably to my cousin um, and even to my wife and some friends that, that knew me, know me. Uh, probably consider it that way, you know, and that was also a rough year. Talked about that a little bit on the last episode for things outside of just losing my uncle uh, the year before. So I not only all those things with this guy hugging me and everything else and random gust of wind that puts the ashes right next to me so I can collect them all. So what I did, I collected a bunch of them, brought them home to Los Angeles, you know, and sifted through it all. And I had a big thing of ashes. Uh, and I got a bunch of these little, you know, they're like the little bottles with the cork that you see people make necklaces at, necklaces out of them and stuff. And I got some slightly bigger ones. I'm actually looking at one uh, right underneath my monitor. So I leave it sitting underneath my monitor. So when I look up, I see it there. I know that's that's from from my uncle's temple. 
so what I did, I made a bunch of these necklaces and these, these, these vials. Um, and, and, you know, right, right away I gave one to my cousin, I think pretty quickly. Um, and, and what I did was as I was vis- visiting parts of my family, like my cousin Jeff's family, I went up there and brought these and I gave them to him and explained it to him. And for that one, I had, had my cousin there to, to also kind of explain it. Um, and everyone was very receptive to it. And then in fact, I, I sat on these things for, for such a, quite a while. Um, and then our wedding came around and most of my relatives, you know, I have my cousin and his, and his family and his sister and her husband, uh, and, and their kids and, and both his parents, they live in the Bay area. So I, I do tend to see them more often, uh, cause they're, they're five hour car ride away really. Uh, but the rest of my relatives are in like Texas and, and Illinois and, and kind of spread out a little more. So everyone was coming in for the wedding and I went through all this it, with, with all my relatives on that side. My mom's one of five, um, you know, in, including my aunt, who's my uncle's widow and, and his kids and everything else. And everyone was very receptive to it. These are from all different religions and all different, not, I don't want to say all different religions, but different religions and walks of life and everything else. But they, they were able to, to, to kind of feel that and understand it just from the stories that we were able to tell. And I hope they all still have them. I'm sure they all do. You know, in fact, I know that one of them happens to be sitting on my uncle's bar because <laughs> that's, that's where we would have been hanging out with my uncle. My uncle Keith, the past is, is by the bar. So I put the ashes there, you know, they're not his ashes. They're the temple ashes, but it's so meaningful. It's just an amazing experience to be in that temple and to have that experience and to, to be around people that understand to an extent what you're going through, you know, strangers coming up and hugging you. It's an amazing thing. It really is. It's an amazing thing. And I've tried to pay that back for the years since then. I go out to the temple every year and I, I stand outside for a little while without being total creeper and waiting for someone to, that needs a hug to come out. And in fact, the last year I was at the temple and there's a guy in a bear suit uh, and he was just giving hugs. It's an amazing thing. It's an amazing thing. It, it, it's indescribable and you, you can't fully understand it unless you get out there. Uh, but nonetheless, here at Go Tell It to the Wall, we're going to break down those stereotypes that everyone thinks it's a bunch of dirty hippies in the desert doing a bunch of drugs. Uh, it is a bunch of dirty hippies in the desert and some of them are doing a bunch of drugs, but a lot of them aren't. A lot of them are kids, you know? Like young kids, not kids. I say kids for like 20-somethings, you know, kids. And just the amazing experiences that that arise from that. So I hope you all enjoyed that. I hope you do. And I hope that gives everyone a little better understanding. If you've, if you've never been to the burn, I hope that gives you a little better understanding. Uh, if, if you are a burner like myself, if you're one of the fans that happens to be a burner, I hope you appreciate that, uh, the way we're kind of spreading that news. All right, wall fans, we are actually out of time. I even had, I had a rant going, but you know what? We're going to leave it on a positive note of Burning Man and the temple because I feel like that's where it needs to end. So nonetheless, thank you for joining us. If you have been listening for a long time, thank you for sticking around, uh, especially if you've been around since the beginning. If you're new to the show, thanks for joining us. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, we do have other episodes. If, if you haven't gone back and listened to them, you know, maybe listen to them, maybe don't. Uh, weekly episodes come out. Sometimes that doesn't happen because, you know, six-month-year-old at home, six-month-year-old, six-month-year-old, six-month-old <laughs> at home uh, sometimes gets in the way of things, you know, got to, you know, that happens, kids. Um very much well worth it, but sometimes we miss some of those. Uh, so if you are new to the show weekly, um, don't forget to check us out on Facebook, facebook.com slash go tell to the wall on Twitter at tell the wall pod. My personal account on Twitter is at magic Muppet. Um, and this was episode 17. 
So thank you all for being here, and we will see you next week. And as always, I am the one and only Sean O'Rourke. And no matter what you do, Wall fans, no matter who you see, no matter what you say, always, always, always remember to use common sense.